podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike with the Fin Fans Podcast. Uh, tonight with me, I've got uh, Jim Johnson. Good evening, everybody. Some of you have submitted questions to us that we're going to go ahead and answer tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some scandals the team has been through. Uh, I found an article that was written back in uh, uh, 2013, and um, we're going to kind of throw a couple of scandals in there that happened since then and kind of rate them uh, off the cuff a little bit here, and uh, uh, we'll discuss them and, and, and see what we think uh, should go where. Uh going to have a little fun with that. This week is the Combine, and uh, uh, everybody will be watching that and watching the quarterbacks and watching the linemen. What about you, Jim? You going to watch the Combine? Uh, I don't know. I'll probably touch base with it here and there. I I don't know. I struggle, I struggle getting into that college thing until there's some more in-depth uh, research done on some of these players. Uh, most of these guys are up and down and, uh, I don't know. I just, you know, you watch one particular part of a, of these things and it's, it's really hard to get a read on a guy really. Yeah. I mean, to, you know, everybody calls it the underwear Olympics and that's more or less what it is. I do like to watch the quarterbacks throw just to, just to see, you know, what they've got in comparison to everybody else. But, uh, it's not the perfect setting for them because, you know, they don't have their team there. They have other players there that they're trying to sync up with. It's not a real fair uh, evaluation. And and then the coaches know that. They're more interested in the interviews and the psychological tests and all that other stuff that they go through. Yeah, right. Uh, the other stuff is just basically window dressing and uh, uh, just to put the kids through the paces and see how they handle it. But they're, yeah, not, right. they're not so concerned about performances they – you know, would be otherwise. So we had we had a bunch of questions that were submitted. So let's go ahead and attack those and see uh, what we're thinking here. Let's do it. Mark Rutherford asked, "Who do you think is going to be the biggest name cut this off season, and uh, well, who might be a surprise cut?" Well, for me, it's it's probably the same person, and that would be uh, Ryan Tannehill. What you about think, you? You think that's a surprise? Well, I, I think most people expect them to be able to trade him, and I, I don't think they're going to be able to. Yeah, I hear you. You know, I don't think that's going to be a surprise for me. And as far as guys getting cut, that's it's kind of a tough call. But I suppose the other guys are probably going to get traded. You know, the Rashad Joneses and the Xavier Howards and the and the Cameron Wakes, they're either free agents or, or people that will be traded. You know, Kenny Stills has come up, but these these guys aren't going to get cut. So, you know, you know, I think Josh Sitton is still under contract, and uh, it, I think a lot of people think he's coming back. And it wouldn't be, uh, I think that would probably be one of the guys that I would go with that's going to not be here. Yeah, it was reported today he's expecting his release. Oh, oh really? Yeah, yeah. Jeez, I must so, have missed that. Yeah, we'll see how that works out. Do you think uh, Gazeki will transition into? Uh... Uh, more receiver-based tight end this season with less emphasis on the blocking game. That's also asked by Mark Rutherford. Ah, that's a catch-22. Really, it's all about his performance. 
his biggest issue is he he struggles with contact at the line and his physicality is a bit on the the lacking side uh so that's basically on him because I mean, even if you're not supposed to block, if a guy jams you at the line and you're off balance, then the play is dead. So while I, f- I feel they w- he'll have more success this year than he did last, but that's still, you know, on his back to, uh, to make some plays. For an athletic guy, he did not look as athletic as I thought he was going to look. Uh, he ended up off his feet quite a bit, either at the line of scrimmage or downfield. Uh, now, when he had the ball in his hands, he was always trying to hurdle people instead of uh, uh, powering through contact. So, not not a very physical guy. We're going to have to see if maybe a little bit of weight training and strength training doesn't help him uh, do a little better this year. Yeah, I, I think he'll be better. Uh, tight end is a hard position to learn coming very. in, and you've got to you've got to learn all the receiver stuff and all the offensive line stuff, and it's a lot to absorb. Uh, but he needs to be able to keep his balance and, and make plays better, I think. So we'll see what happens. Uh, last question. Well, it's not the last question, actually. But another question that Mark asked was, um, what do you think will be the biggest loss from the coaching staff? And I think most people would say Rizzi. I don't think that's much of a surprise. Yeah, I got to agree there. I mean, Darren Rizzi's the, really the only one that I'm – a bit upset about losing, but you know, hey, this is a whole new ball game, so uh, I'm, no no point in crying over it. Let's move on. Yeah, and of course, I'm not including Gase there because uh, there was no reason to. Uh, we don't know what kind of loss that's going to be yet. That's going to be determined in time. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Tyler Reed asks, "What do you think the outcome will be for Harris this year if he plays a more natural position?" Uh, will he still be a first-round bust? That's a tough question. Uh, he didn't get much playing time last year. Uh, and, you know, he did make a few plays here and there, but he's not a very good down, hand-on-the-ground defensive end. So with limited reps, you can't learn how to apply your your pass rush moves on offensive linemen uh, if you don't have those reps, so that's a tough call, but I, I think he'd have more success standing up and rushing the passer. So do I. We'll see. I mean, it's still going to happen, but I, but I think so, too. I, I think, uh, you know, he, he needs that burst. He needs that uh, ability to uh, uh, kind of have a running start. His game is speed, and, and coming out of the uh, uh, stance with his hand on the ground, he just doesn't get the power, you know, uh, that you'd like him to have. So he is a speed player and he can't, uh, he doesn't have the strength that, uh, wake has, uh, as, as wake bends around the corner, you know, he just doesn't quite have that down. Um, so I, I'd like to see him standing up. I'd like to see how he does. I think he might do a little bit better. Yeah. We got to hope he does. You know, I was kind of excited when we got him to see what he could do and and it hasn't transitioned to anything much yet so we got to hope that uh you know standing up and getting going will do the trick for him yeah i mean i'm just trying to be optimistic with him but uh, the question was will he still be a first round bus and the answer is we don't know yeah that's that's in that's the wind really right it. now yeah yeah uh, we haven't seen him play standing up so until we see it i can't really answer that without with honesty um 
But that's my thoughts. Do you think there's a decent trade value in Kiko, or will teams stay clear of his poor coverage and consistent penalties? Well, I don't think the penalties are really going to factor in whether a team will trade for him or not. I think it's more the contract and uh, his ability. I don't see anybody trading for Kiko personally, but I wouldn't be surprised if someone did. Yeah, watching him play all these years, I, you know, putting on my GM cap for another team, I wouldn't want to bring him in with the contract scenario he's got and that he's going to want. So, yeah, I I don't see a big trade market for Kiko. Uh you know, that we asked about a surprise cut, and, you know, Kiko could be that surprise cut. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> you know, I, I've also heard people say that they think he's going to stay because they just, the team just did like a uh, promotional highlight reel type thing for him. So uh, that must mean that the team is keeping him, you know. I, I don't get that deep into that kind of stuff, but uh, uh, some people feel that way. We'll see. Ah, uh, you it's either that or they're trying to build his trade value, one or the other. Exactly. <laughs> Tyler Reed asks, what, what role do you see Jakeem Grant playing coming back from injury? And I, I think it's going to be the same role he's been playing. Yeah, he's, he's uh, you know, he's a small speed guy, and he made a lot of plays on the ball field last year. And, you know, how can you not want to utilize that moving forward? Yeah, I, I enjoy watching him play. He, he's got heart. He does. He does. He wants it every time. You can see it. And, uh, you know, we nicknamed him Mighty Mouse, I think, out there because that's just, you know, he puffs his chest up and he makes plays. And uh, that's more than we can say about some of the guys on the team. Uh, Tyler asked if there's more of an issue in Drake's shoulder than people think, and I really can't answer that. I, I haven't seen any medical reports or anything to make me uh, have an opinion one way or the other. Yeah, I read that question earlier, and I, I actually did some research, and there's, there's nothing out there. So if there is a problem, they're keeping it under wraps pretty tight. Yeah, you know, that medical information a lot of times is hard to get simply because uh, it's kind of illegal to put it. Some yeah, of that out yeah, there. it's a doctor-client uh, yeah. privilege. So, yeah, so, you know, unless the player's agent uh, releases something saying something, it's it's really hard to get. Yeah. Here's an interesting question, and, and Tyler asked, uh, did the Dolphins not want Sam Addison or find no need for him, or did they want to stay clear? Um, I, I don't think it came down to that. I think that uh, Flores had people he had in mind, and uh, he didn't really know Sam Addison. It wasn't one of the people in his inner circle, so to speak. So I, I just think the name probably never crossed his mind. He was probably focused on the people that he knew and, and his circle. Uh, so I don't think it's a knock on Madison in any way. I just think that uh, uh, Flores had a had a you know a, a game plan in mind, and he stuck with that game plan. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Flores doesn't know you know the Dolphins' history with Madison or anything, so there's really no connection there. And these coaches bring in guys for one of two reasons. Uh, one is is you know personal experience with them. The other is is reputation, and you know they fit the job description. And you know Flores already had his people, and you know it was not an issue. You know I'm sure I'm sure it was never an issue at all. 
he wonders if uh, Isaac Asiano will have more of an impact this year. And uh, uh, the only thing that I could say is he's got to prove himself in training camp. And, and so far, he's yet to do that. I mean, with as desperate as they've been on the offensive line, uh, I don't know what's going to change, you know. But you never know. Yeah. I, you know, we've talked about Asiata for a couple of years now, and we've been all kind of surprised that he hasn't got more opportunities to play considering how porous our guards have been, and yet he didn't get many snaps. So if he can't even uh, make it onto the starting roster in our condition of our O-line last year, then he's got some major issues to overcome. So I, I, to be honest with you, I don't see it happening. Uh, Mark Rutherford asked, what uh, role do we see uh, Minka Fitzpatrick playing? Will he specialize at safety or continue to be used across the secondary? Um, and I think the, the latter part of that is, is probably more accurate uh, uh, right now. Uh, as long as uh, Rashad Jones is on the roster, I think that uh, he's going to be a jack-of-all-trades. Uh, how do you see it? Well, Flores has already talked about how – you know, the defense is very flexible and he's rotating guys in and there's a lot of different alignments. So, you know, he's going to put Minka where he feels he's going to have the, the best effectiveness. And, you week know, to week. Yeah, it's going to be maybe it's in the slot. Maybe it's, it's you know, lining up on a specific tight end or something. Uh, you know, he's one of the best talents on the team right now. Uh, you know, as long as you mentioned Rashad Jones is back there, I mean, he's, you know, he's not going to be doing the safety gig much. So, uh, he's going to continue to float around to the, to the best place, I think. Yeah. You know, we'll know a lot more once we see who's on the roster. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. Should... You know, is, is McDonald going to make the team? Is, is Jones going to make the team? You know, if either yeah. one of those guys uh, don't make the team, then, you know, then, then you start getting into, uh. Uh, maybe him settling in more into a safety role. Yeah, and we don't know what's going to happen with Xavier Howard, and we we still don't really have a cornerback number two. Uh, and if something goes with with the X factor, and we don't have another number two guy, man, now we're stuck with Bobby McCain. And you're scaring me, Jim. Yeah, well, this is this is a big concern for me right now. So uh, you know, that's that's all up in the air right now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's just something that w there's no way we know because we don't know exactly how much they're going to blow up that defense. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, the draft is pretty stoked with with defensive linemen. So you know, I'm thinking they're probably going to go heavy in that area, and they they've got to do something with the offensive line. So you know, where they play Minka is is. Not too important at this point. He's going to do a good job wherever he's put. I exactly think exactly right. He's the last guy to worry about. They're going yeah. to stick him somewhere, and he's yeah. going to he's going to produce. Yep, that's fair. Ryan uh, Norwood asks: uh, Do we find a trade partner and he lists Jones and Wake and Tannehill and Parker and Quinn and Kiko? Uh, the only guy of that group I could see them possibly trading. Uh, really would be Tannehill. And uh, I think that's unlikely because of his contract. But he's the only one I could see them possibly trading if they're going to be able to trade any of those guys. They've all got uh, 
uh, some age on them, and uh, I, I don't see anybody jumping to get any of those guys. Uh, maybe Parker for a late, late pick. Uh, I don't know. I just don't see it. What about you? Yeah, I, you know, the trade options, like you mentioned, some of these guys are getting on in age. Potentially Quinn, somebody could be after, but, uh, you know, he hasn't, he didn't play that great uh, his last years with the Rams, and he didn't have great season here. You know, his contract numbers were pretty substantial. Well, that's it. That's that's why most of these guys are not yeah. going to be tradable, in my opinion. Exactly. You know, those, nobody wants those contracts. They'd rather right. you just release them and they take their chances in getting them. Exactly. Uh, because Once if they if they trade for them, they're kind of taking that contract. And, yeah, uh, they have to absorb the Dolphins' deal, and uh, you know they're going to end up. The Dolphins are going to end up, you know, cutting a lot of dollars, but they're going to make some cuts that are going to hurt. But then other teams can can sign them on the on a lower deal. Now, the, the way that works is, is their salary is what gets traded with right. the player, uh, not necessarily any um, bonus that's been prorated. That's what turns into dead money. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is is some players will agree to a trade if they want out and if they agree with the other team to, to renegotiate. But that's, that could happen that, if, if they want to determine where they go. Right. And that that seldom happens. It does now and then. Uh, but man, you, you look at these guys, there's just not, you know, a guy that stands out that somebody's going to want to trade uh, something of value for, you know, you mentioned Parker and, you know, I'd be lucky to get like a, well, he's fifth. a free agent. So true, true. It's very unlikely, very That's, unlikely. Yeah. And Cameron Wake was mentioned and, you know, he's a free agent as well. So we're not going to get any trade value there. Uh, you know, obviously that's, that's either we're going to try to sign him or he's going to be elsewhere. So Ryan asked if there's any AAF players that we think could get a camp invite and who knows? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, do you? <laughs> I haven't followed that, that league at all. I did, uh, see that, uh, one of the linebackers that we released has been shining up there, but, uh, I forget his name, but, uh, you know, no, I don't see any of that happening. I think we're going to focus on on uh, some younger guys, uh, you know, undrafted guys, and, and, and see who we can work up. I think the next couple of years they're not going to spend a lot of money, so I don't, I don't think they're going to be reaching to that new league. I think they'll look at it, and anything is possible, but they – the drawback is you're going to be bringing in players who have just played a season of football. So what what kind of wall are they going to hit? <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, I and, and that yeah. would be my concern there. Yeah, they're already wore out when the season begins. Yeah, are they healthy? And and all those other questions come into play. Yeah. What underachievers on our roster will now benefit uh, the most from the new schemes that we'll play? Well, we already we already talked about Charles Harris, right? Uh, he would he would be the obvious answer. Uh, anybody else? Well, we also mentioned Asiata. Asiata. I mean, he's a guy that you know maybe a new offensive line coach can make the light bulb go on or something. But other than that, you know, Drake had an off year and and maybe maybe uh, he'll he'll have more success this coming season. 
whether that's scheme related or not, I don't know. But there's several players that could do better, maybe. Uh, you know, Kenny Stills had a bit of a down year. Uh, you know, more to do with that. Nobody quarterback. Really, yeah, well, a combination of no offensive line and no no quarterback yep. that can make things happen. It's it's a bad combination for those deep threats. Exactly, and and yeah, you've got to have time to throw the pass, so that's definitely a factor as well. But yeah. uh, it seemed to me that their focus was throwing short. Oh um, yeah, no more doubt. More so than it has been the last few years. Yeah. Well, they were trying to. I think that those checkdowns were becoming more and more apparent. And you know, the thing is, I don't mean to get on a bash Ryan thing again, but you know, you watch other quarterbacks, and when they get pushed out of the pocket and the and everything breaks down, you see the quarterback run around and extend a play, and a, and a receiver come back, and and they make a big play. Uh, man, that's something I'd like to see from the Dolphins' offense now and then. Well, once we get a quarterback, we will. Rusty asked, does Ryan Tannehill get traded or cut? Uh, he thinks that Washington is a possibility, and uh, he wonders if there's any other teams we think that he might be a good fit for. And, no, Washington is the place I would see him going, uh, you know, because of Alex Smith's situation. Uh, I don't know where else he might end up, you know, uh uh, Jacksonville's going to need a quarterback, and, and people are talking about maybe Foles landing there. Well, what if Foles doesn't land there? Then maybe maybe that's a spot for Tannehill. Uh, we'll just have to see. What do you think, Jim? Uh, to be honest with you, we already mentioned Tannehill being a your, you know, your surprise cut. And I, I can't see any team in the NFL wanting to absorb Ryan's contract. Right. Uh, that is a massive deal for... What do you, I mean, if you're going to spend money, you want some return on your investment. And, man, I just don't see the upside to want to take on that, you know, 20-some million dollar contract. You know, and the other thing with Tannehill is, you know, you know, you mentioned trade or cut. Uh, if the trade's going to happen, I think it's going to happen fairly soon. Because other than that, he'll probably be a post June 1st cut because that's where it saves the Dolphins the most money. So, you know, it's going to have to be before June 1st. And if I'm another team, I'm not going to take that contract on. I'm going to wait till June 2nd and then I'm going to pick him up for $12 million. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly it. Uh, then his agent can price one team against another and right. kind of inflate his market if there is a market uh, and see what happens there. Yeah. But I, I don't see uh, him being an easy trade because of that contract. Yeah, it's an albatross for sure. I think he's due to get paid almost the same money as Tom Brady. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, James Spinoza asks if, if uh, we think this is going to be a long rebuild and uh, asks how we feel about the current roster. I'll let you answer that first. Well, it depends on your definition of what is what a long rebuild is you know it's it's really hard to say but it all depends on how lucky they get in the first couple of drafts uh you can be a draft guru all you want and sometimes sometimes guys just don't work out but cutting to the chase a little bit uh i want to see 
I want to see consistent, decent, solid play in three years. I think, you know, this next coming year is going to be kind of laying out your groundwork and, and starting your build. So I wouldn't expect too much in 2019. You know, after the 2020 draft, you know, you might you might get your, your franchise quarterback in 2020. Uh, and you're going to have more acquisitions and you're going to have more money flowing because of carryover from uh, 2019. So, you know, 2020 will probably start improving and looking better. Uh, but I think Probably 2021, year three, is when you'll see the, the team start to come together a little bit. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I, I think it's going to take at least a couple of years, a couple of drafts, before uh, uh, the team has the quarterback and has uh, some offensive and defensive line talent to start to become really competitive. Right, and, it's and gonna... this is all. This is all assuming they don't overachieve, and and I don't necessarily think they will, but it's always possible. So we'll see. Yeah, and you know, then you gotta you gotta find your identity too. You know, so that's going to take a little time. Yeah, and and uh, talent kind of determines that, right? And uh, they'll have to uh, Flores will have to have a, an identity that he wishes to seek. And uh, we won't know really what that is until uh, uh, we start to see some of his schemes. And, uh, you know, are they going to be a carbon copy of the Patriots? Nobody knows that, you know. Yeah, exactly. That, the whole thing is a learning process. You know, we have a new coach and a new team coming up. So we really don't know what to expect from Flores and his staff. And, you know, we're going to have pretty much a brand new team on both sides of the ball in the next couple of years. So... Uh, you know, everybody has high expectations. They want to, you know, they want to win a Super Bowl, obviously, but you're not going to see what you want to see in two years' time. It's going to be year three or year four before that happens. I would agree with that, uh, especially on offense. Yeah. Uh, so I went and found an article today uh, by accident. Uh, and and the article was a Bleacher Report article that was printed uh, June fourteenth, two thousand thirteen. Uh, the writer's name is uh, Thomas Glacia, and uh, the article's entitled "Miami Dolphins Top Ten Scandals and Controversies." So we kind of wanted to go through this real quick, and uh, uh, you know, two thousand thirteen was a long time ago. So uh, we got to pull some off this list and put some others in. Now, at number 10, I'll go through his real quick. Uh, he has the uh, Sun Life Stadium renovations because there was some difficulties with uh, the city of Miami. And uh, if you've been a fan of that team a long time, you know there's always been difficulties with the city of Miami. Uh, uh, Joe Robbie always struggled getting them to do anything for the Dolphins. And uh, They've never been quite fair to that franchise like they have to the Marlins and uh, the Heat and some of the other franchises. So I toss that out. That To me, that had nothing to do with the Dolphins and much more to do with the city of Miami. Yeah, that was uh, definitely a, a conflict between, you know, Stephen Ross trying to make some things happen and get some get some help from from the from the locals. And that didn't happen at all. And Ross ended up doing it out of pocket. Just like Robbie did before him. Yep, yep. 
He has number nine, the 82 AFC Championship game. And uh, most of you that remember that game will remember that, you know, it was a quagmire. It, the field was mud and uh, uh, it had rained uh, for a few days before that game and specifically the night before. Yeah, and, there was standing uh, water on the field. Yeah, and uh, the the pumps underneath the field, uh, I mean, the way it works, you, you had the turf and you have like a sandbar underneath the turf and uh, underneath that you have uh, pumps that, that actually pump that water out and uh, those pumps had malfunctioned the night before and that's the reason uh, that the field was never uh, tarped. They didn't feel like it needed to be tarped with the pumps running like they were supposed to run. It would have drained the field but because those pumps malfunctioned uh, that water just sat there and, and didn't uh, drain like it should have. And uh, that's the reason that was such a wet game, besides the fact it was raining all game. Yeah, the Jets were complaining that they didn't cover the field with, with the tarps that they use nowadays. But uh, Yeah, they felt like Shulu was cheating, yeah, know, basically. Yeah. Uh, so it was, a, it was a controversy. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't have a tarp to cover the field with at all, I guess. So they didn't used to worry about those things as much back then. Well, they, they did have certain rules in place, but as I said, because of the way that field was constructed, it really generally didn't need to be tarped. It right. needed to have the pumps running. So Exactly. Suck the water out. Right. So shit happens. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, at number eight, he's got uh, Joe Robbie steals Don Shula from the Baltimore Colts. And I'm not going to get into the whole story of uh, Shula getting here, but that, that's an interesting choice. And, and it was a little bit of a controversy. Um, at number seven, he has Nick Saban says he's not going to Alabama, and then he goes to Alabama. Uh, yeah, that was kind of a mess. Yeah, that was, uh, it, looking back in hindsight, I... I I have softened on that a little bit, uh, but he's still an asshole. Yeah, um, exactly. Jeff Ireland, Jeff Ireland's number six with the uh, uh, prostitute uh, thing. Uh, yeah, that was pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll remember that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we could have had Des Bryant, but you screwed that up. Yeah. Ricky Williams and his uh, uh, choice to uh, walk away. From you know, from the Dolphins uh, for a while uh, is his fifth uh, pick. Uh, Alfred Ogilvy disappearing uh, is his fourth pick. wonder how many people remember that. Uh, you want to tell that story, Jim? Uh, I can run it down a little bit. I, uh, I hadn't even, I didn't remember him at all myself. It says here in the thing that he was drafted uh, defensive end by the Dolphins in the third round of the 1990 draft, uh, and then he moved on to the to the Packers and the Bengals. Uh, but he ended up going out. Well, during training, the the veterans are allowed to leave the complex. So Ogletree borrowed Richmond Webb's car and uh, ended up at a. Uh, lady gentleman's club and uh, left there and and continued to another house and drank some more and uh, he woke up in the morning and the car was gone and he was late for practice and it was a bad deal and uh, you know then the the Don Shula was calling looking for him because he's he's always on time and he was late and uh, the police got involved and and he 
he he panicked and made up a story that the car was stolen and he didn't know what happened and uh it all worked out uh he apologized and said he was very embarrassed he got panicked because he was afraid what shula was going to do to him so uh, he wasn't worried too much about Webb uh, beating him up for losing his car, but he was sure worried about what Don was going to do to him for being late. So he uh, he apologized and, and fessed up to what happened to the police, and, uh, you know, that was kind of the end of it. But, yeah, after that, no, even the veterans couldn't leave the complex during uh, the training. Well, you, you uh, may or may not remember, but they tied him to a tree. The players did. Uh, as, as retaliation for him for him screwing up uh <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't remember that part of it yeah they 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 pulled him out of camp and uh tied him to either a tree or the goal post i don't remember which and uh, uh made him stay tied to the uh tree or goal post for like a half hour and you know yeah. he was a big guy <laughs> yeah it was it was a pretty funny story you know you can imagine this big old guy tied and yeah, not able right. to go anywhere and yeah. uh uh that was the player's way of having some fun with him yeah. uh but uh Shula didn't find it funny. He ended up uh, working his way out of Miami. Yeah, he. it said uh, soon part ways later that preseason. So, yeah, I'm sure that was the whole the whole deal. So, uh, Lawrence Phillips, the Lawrence Phillips experiment. Do you remember that one? I do not. Okay, well, that was a Jimmy Johnson deal. Uh, he, it was a, a Phillips had some talent, and uh, the problem is he was he was just not right in the head yeah he was a felon uh, was basically <laughs> yeah, he beat women and then just was a bad story uh i don't see it as it being a major controversy really but uh he was just a guy who didn't learn his lesson yeah now, uh, it was a number guy- two on the list he's got cecil collins and, and that was a little bit more of a controversy because he was another guy that that jimmy johnson took a chance on and uh the risk to reward was, trick yeah, he was he was a strange dude. He crawl into people's homes, specifically women's home, you know, rooms, and he was just he was a strange dude. He ended up in jail, and that's where right. he belonged. Right. And uh, number one is interesting. He's got Mercury Morris from Miami Dolphin, the cocaine cowboy, uh, and Morris did you know have a have a problem at one point, but uh, that was so long ago. I I really didn't consider that a controversy more so just a player making you know a life choice that uh wasn't in line with uh being a professional football player well it was the 70s and uh, all the rich and famous you know cocaine at the time was the was the thing to do and you know it was pretty widespread uh you know he just uh you know kind of kind of took it a little bit too far here and there and and got uh you know, well, he was arrested in '82, right? Uh, yeah, so was that was several a little bit. Yeah, it was you know at, after his career actually, and, right? Uh, right. Uh, you know, these things happen. <laughs> Players had money, and uh, they were party animals back then. You know, there were no cell phones, and uh, uh, they could they could live a wild life if they desired desired to, and. Uh, uh, a lot of those guys did. I yeah, mean, no uh, doubt. They were big you know, party animals. Yeah, Joe Rose, Mark Clayton. Those guys aren't shy about it. They'll tell you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Um, so that's that. Now, my, now, you know, I mean, some of those I don't think really qualify as controversies. And if you ask me about Bullygate, I think that should probably be number one on the list. Uh, of course, that was after uh, 2013. So if I revise that list, that would be my number one uh, pick. Uh, do you have a controversy you might add, Jim? Well, it's not really a lot of controversies. I mean, the whole Bullygate thing with Martin and Incognito and, and Pouncey was involved, that was that was just a damn mess. And, you know, and then Clueless Joe saying he had no idea uh, just compounded the whole thing. So I agree. I'd have, I'd have that up there at number one as well. Uh, you know, as far as controversies... You know, one thing that always always kind of ticked me off was that Patriot game in the snow when they when they the snowplow game. They yes. they they used a tractor to to damn plow the snow and and that was against the damn rules and it never really got a whole lot of attention. Uh so that one always kind of upset me, but uh other than that, you know, other than, you know, controversies like drafting Dion Jordan, uh no, not not too much. You know the Ricky Williams thing. Uh, that guy, he he just liked his marijuana. So you know it it is what it is. Uh, you know, if if that Ricky Williams thing had happened nowadays with the social media, oh my goodness, <laughs> that'd be a big controversy. It would be real interesting to see, you know, the the seventies with social media like we have it today. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how that would have changed time, you know. I don't know because uh, it's 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 a vice for a lot of these players. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know it doesn't help them. Let's put it that way. No. So, uh, you got anything else you want to talk about tonight? Ah. Uh just that it's been pretty quiet uh you oh, know dead quiet yeah we've got the combine coming up and and the draft soon after that the uh league year starts here the 13th of march or the 12th of march uh so things will start to move here uh they, you're going to see start to see some of those transactions that we've been anticipating uh but keep in mind that a lot of this stuff has a june 1st designation you know that makes a difference whether it's it's before or after June first, so kind of kind of be informed on on what uh, what contract deals are in place before you expect knee jerk decisions happening here mid March. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, obviously the the new league year starts on the thirteenth, I believe, of March, and uh, at that point we'll start to see uh, the wheels start to turn. Yeah. Um, you know, now they can cut somebody then and designate them a, a June first cut. Uh, I believe they can do that with a couple of players. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's a limit on that. I think there is, but I'm not positive. Um, meaning they can only do it with so many before June first. Yeah, true. Uh, uh, so you think? But, so you think they'll tag anybody? If they did, it would be James, but I don't see it. Uh, that kind of defeats the purpose of not paying him, right? <laughs> well, if you if you wanted to rent him for a year, that might be a way to keep him without True. making a long term commitment to him. Yeah, uh, and that would be the only reason to do it. You know, if you say, "All right, well, let, let's keep him, and uh, uh, we'll move on next year," just to buy yourself a, a year in a position that you don't need to fill. 
with all the other line issues, I could see that possibly happening. But I don't know. I, you know, everything is so up in the air because we don't know what they think of anybody because they're, you know, these coaches are all new. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, we really don't know what direction they're going to go. Pro Football Focus put out an article today that, that, uh, uh, basically said, you know, that James is a bit undervalued. He's a very steady player. He's not a great player, but he's a very steady player, and that has value. Uh, and I tend to agree. I, I think James will get his money. Somebody's going to pay him. Now, whether or not it's us, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you, we talk about offensive linemen, and we we pick on James because he's not as maybe consistent as we would like. Uh, but I read an article years ago about uh, offensive linemen, and and they get put under a microscope because you know they can, they can play a great game for 98 out of 100 plays, and yet yet give up two sacks and a fumble and a strip sack or something, uh, when realistically they had 98 good snaps and just missed and two bad plays, and yet they're the, they're the scapegoat of the game. So uh, offensive linemen, boy, they, they're either the hero or the, or the felon, you know? Well, you know, he's not dominant, but as I said, he's steady. Exactly. Uh, you know, over the last couple of years, I, I, they, the article suggests that he's ranked uh, – in the top 32 grade-wise. Right. Uh, so that says something. You know, he, he is giving you a certain level of performance week to week. That's not to say he's not going to have a bad week now, and then everybody does. Uh, but uh, more times than not, he's, he's getting the job done, uh, although he's not doing it in a dominating form. Uh, the other thing that it says is uh, he's a better run blocker than people give him credit for. Uh, so... That means something as well. It does, no question. Especially, you know, uh, in the uh, uh, NFC, uh, you know, North, uh, that division is uh, run heavy. And, uh, you know, somebody's going to pay James. It's just a matter of who. Oh, yeah, no doubt. He's going to have a job, you know, no question. And you can't really blame him for, for, uh, you know, taking his best best contract. Yeah. I just got a bad feeling that he's going to be playing for another team and we're going to have, uh, you know, either a drafted guy or a, or a cheap uh, free agent. So that's, it's a concern for me for sure. Well, if we're going to do that, we better have a good line coach. <laughs> uh-huh. Line coach better be good because you put a bunch of young kids out there, you got to have somebody who is a good teacher yeah. uh, and can get them up to speed quickly or – Whoever you put back at quarterback is going to get hurt. Oh yeah, no doubt. It's it's you know that offensive line coach is going to have to have magic dust if he's going to end up with uh, four unproven. Oh no, we had we had a line coach with magic dust that uh, didn't turn yeah, out well. Yeah, well, I meant magic dust to help the players be better, not uh, yeah. That magic, was another controversy, by the way. Yeah, magic dust to make the problems go away. No. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, so guys, listen, uh, if you're listening to the show, and obviously you are, you wouldn't hear me say this, uh, please like it, please comment on it, uh, please share it, um, and subscribe to it. Uh, we, we need you guys to do that. Uh, that helps uh, uh, present the podcast to other people. It gets it listed higher in the ratings and uh, uh, keep us around a while. So. Uh, please take the time to do that if, if you haven't done it yet. Uh, doesn't matter what, uh, 
how you listen, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Google Play or whether you listen through Stitcher or Spotify or iTunes, wherever you listen, that's the place to like, follow, and comment. Uh, uh, so we ask that you do that and help us out there. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll talk a little bit about the Combine. Uh, we're not going to spend a great deal of time talking about it, but... Uh, We'll have Kyler Murray's height and weight, and everybody wants to know that. Of course, you'll probably know that long before the podcast. But uh, we'll talk a little bit about him, and we'll talk about some of the other guys that uh, uh, do put impressive performances in uh, and have good workouts and that type of thing. But we're not going to get crazy with it. Uh, uh, I think right now we're just kind of patiently waiting for free agency and all the moves to start, and uh, uh, then we'll have some fun with that. So... Uh, I've got nothing else, Jim. Have you? Well, we, we were answering questions earlier, and we said they were submitted to us. And uh, they're submitted to us from our uh, Facebook page, Miami Dolphins number one. That's hashtag number one. Uh, we're Miami Dolphins 24-7, and that's where we, uh, we came from, and that's where the questions are from. And uh, we'd be glad to have you over there on the on the group. And uh, like Mike said, please like, listen, and share to the pod. And uh, fins up. Fins up. Good night, everybody. Good night, all.